podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to the Big Strong Leicester Boys podcast uh, episode 8. I do this every single episode. I can never quite remember which one it is. I'm saying 8. Uh, welcome back and uh, yeah, defeat to, to Man City, but uh, I think a, a pretty decent performance overall. We'll get stuck into that very shortly and look ahead to this weekend's fixture against Everton, of course. As ever, delighted to be joined by Jack and Jordan. Uh, hello both. How are we? Both good? All good, mate. All good. How are you? <laughs> yes, I'm good. And Jack? <laughs> Yeah, really good. We probably yeah. should have decided which order me and Jordan are Jack. Uh, me, what? Me and Jordan yes. are going in, uh, but Jordan will go first. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, Jake. Uh, it's uh, It's been a decent week so far and uh, looking forward to this and the weekend. A beautifully seamless start to the episode and to confuse matters further with a, a Jake, a Jordan and a Jack. Delighted to, to introduce our guest for this evening. It's another Jay. It's formerly of BBC Radio Leicester. Now football editor at Talk Sport, probably best known for the man currently asking all the difficult questions to Brendan Rogers. It's uh-huh. Jason Vaughan. Hi, Jason. How are you, mate? Evening, gentlemen. Yes, very well, Jake. How are you? Yeah, we're good. We're not too bad. Uh, the first few weeks of this podcast was a tad difficult um, with lots of uh, defeats and lots of goals flying in. And I suppose you made to kind of go straight in there uh, and asking you a difficult question. That's what you've been having to do, haven't you, throughout the course of the season, each time you sit down with Brendan. Um, how's the season been for you? It's been down, 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 a little bit up and maybe down at the weekend, although I'm not really counting that maybe as a, uh, as a massive downer. But no, it, it's been... It's not been great, has it, so far? I mean, they're still in trouble uh, down at the bottom of the end of the table, as are Leicester. So it's 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 been a good few weeks in terms of some of the results against sides. You'd expect them to get results against, and I don't mean that in an arrogant kind of way, but defeats at the weekend, regardless of if it was against, you need to still pick up points in the coming weeks now with um, Everton and West Ham. So... At least four points from those two games, please. Yeah, no, that would be nice. And yeah, the, the the three wins coming from the three teams in the bottom three is, of course, always worth pointing out. Um, but Jason, from a, a personal perspective for you as as well, we talk about the, these interviews and these press conferences that you've you've had to do week on week. I mean, personally, how, how difficult have you you found that? Because you know, as as fans, there's been so many questions that everyone's wanted to ask and. You know, there has been times when when fans have, have criticised other parts of the media, and this isn't mm-hmm. directed at anybody at all in terms of the questions being asked. But, you know, I think it's, it's fair to say, I think I can speak for, for pretty much everyone when I say that you probably have been a little bit tough with, with Brendan. How have you found that? Has it, has it been difficult for you or or have you, is this kind of almost when the, the, the fan comes across as well? Um, I wouldn't say it's been difficult to do, although to formulate questions is not just something I do on my own. I mean, I do write down quite a few bits and then go through it with people and sound off with people, whether that's, you know, other journalists, friends, family. Um, I think the question I always ask myself, is this question fair to the manager at the moment, given the situation? And if the answer is yes, then it's, it's applicable that I can ask it. Um, I mean, I've said it on Twitter a couple of times to people that, you know, when people are offering me praise, yes, it's, it's nice to hear. And, you know, I'm grateful for that. It's always nice. But I am a fan of the football club. Of course, everybody knows that. Um, but when I walk into a press conference room, an interview room, 
I've got to be a journalist. I'm working for Talk Sport at the moment. I'm football editor there. I choose to go to the Leicester press conferences when it suits um, and when it's a story. So it's not necessarily me going because I just because I want to and I want to give Brendan a hard time. Of course, I don't want to give a manager a hard time for the sake of it. Um, But I think difficult questions. Actually, that's not the right word. Challenging questions to be asked. Certainly when I think maybe he contradicts himself a little bit, which happens on occasions. I'm also, I think, not afraid to go back to things he said in the past and ask them or ask him to clarify what he meant or what he's talking about in a particular situation. Um, But I think he knows I've got a job to do and he's got a job to do as well. So I think there's that mutual respect there. Um, Do I always ask the questions that I really want to ask there are some that maybe i leave off yeah um but you know I, I also you mentioned the criticism from the other media uh towards some of the other media i think that's a tad unfair as well for 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 you know the likes of radio leicester um the local paper the leicester Mercury, that kind of thing they're there week in week out we don't send to a press conference week in week out i can go jeff peters can go and we're not there all the time. So maybe we can go as right soldiers of the Premier League. And it is slightly different. It's a different kind of relationship. And I'm not saying those guys can't ask tough questions because I was in that position once working, um, obviously, at BBC Radio Leicester. But um, there are ways and means of asking things and not being, or, you know, going like a, a runaway train sometimes. You have to hold, not hold back, but at least be diplomatic with things if you can, in my opinion, anyway. And um, Chase, you talked a little bit about the the mutual respect, and um, I think it's fair to say, uh, you know, there's been various people sort of saying, you know, when you don't go to a press conference, oh, has Jason been banned? And it, I mean, I, I think having spoken to you before, like the relationship between you and the club is is pretty good still. Like, there's a lot of mutual respect there. Um, I also have uh, heard a rumor that there's. Um, there's been a bit of banter between you and Brendan and, and there may have been a bit of a strictly reference at, at one point. There might have been. Yeah. Um, to address your first part of the question. Yeah. Um, so without sounding big time, cause I'm, I'm not in any way, I'm, I'm a very humble person, but I'm football editor of TalkSport, which um, I oversee the live football aspect of the station. So this season, for example, we've got 450 live commentaries, Premier League, EFL, Champions League, not to mention a World Cup in a couple of weeks' time, which, you know, I've been part of the team planning that and I'll be part of the production team out in Qatar as well. So Thursdays are sometimes a little bit busy, so I'm not always there at a Leicester press conference because I wasn't there at the start of the season for the first two or three. Um, And sometimes I've got meetings on a Thursday. Um, And because we work to a budget as well, um, if I go and do it, it doesn't cost the company or my budget any extra cash. So I'm not always going to bring in people to go into a Leicester press conference because it's not always high on the priority list. Um, But given the story that has been developing and the pressure in inverted commas that Brendan's been under, I guess, then somebody needs to go from our station and ask him some, like I said, challenging questions. And I believe I'm the right person to do that in this instance. I don't always do it. Certainly post-match, Jeff's done it. Uh, Sam Matterface, our commentator, has done it in the last couple of weeks as well. So um, I'm always keen to have not the same people asking questions because um, I don't think that's the right, necessarily the right way to go about it. But yeah, um, 
uh, uh, Brendan's had a couple of pops, let's say, in the last few weeks. Um, it's been good-natured. Um, the first one was after Stockport, if you remember that game where it was 0-0 in the Carabao Cup. I forget the game at the weekend. I think it was Chelsea, pre-Chelsea. Um, so the press conference on the Thursday, and it goes into the embargoed section, the written section, after the broadcasters like Sky, TalkSport, Radio Leicester have all gone. Um, and Jordan from the Leicester Mercury asks about the chance at Stockport and, um, you know, you're getting sacked in the morning and Leicester fans joining in. And um, Brendan jokingly said, yeah, Jason started it. Uh, I mean, I didn't even go to the game. Um, so, you know, he knows that I'm a fan of the football club, but I, I also believe he knows that I've got a job to do. So um, I think it was a little jive back then, but they were losing games and I'm going to be asking, diff- you know, I say difficult questions, challenging questions. Um, and then after the Leeds game on that Thursday, just a couple of weeks ago, I went into the post-match press conference. We'd done our post-match interviews afterwards, but I just wanted to check it out, let the traffic go go down because it was a late game. So it's about 11, quarter past 11. Uh, press conference has come to a close. I'm going to ask a question about Johnny Evans Fitness because I'm interested in that. Not necessarily for a, an interview of sorts, but I'm just curious. Um, so I pipe up at the end and, and he's like, oh, go on, Jason, what have you got? Another negative one or something like that. Um, and we go back and forth a little bit and he says, oh, you're, um, you like that guy off Strictly, one of the judges. Um, so he doesn't know the name. And somebody says Craig Revel Hallwood. And, yeah, um, the one. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, whatever happens, you never give, you know, and I said, well, you know, congratulations on the win tonight. I asked about Johnny. Um, and then at the end I said, I'll give you eight out of 10 for tonight. He said he preferred nine, but I think, was, I think it was a little bit generous with eight out of ten for the performance that evening um, against Leeds. But um, no, I, it was it was good natured, good fun, and like I said, I think there is that mutual respect there that he knows I've got a job to do, and I know he's got a job to do, and it's in difficult circumstances at the moment. Yeah, I think it, I think it is, and you know, I think we've talked a little bit about Brendan not appearing to be that human sometimes. So it's probably a bit of a different side that fans don't necessarily get to see. Um, and, but I also uh, think it's important, Jack, you know, people have said to me and I, you know, I've said to myself, it's, it's all right if I go when they lose games, but I think I need to see him when they've won a game or two as well. So, I, so it, it doesn't create that sense that I've got an agenda or anything like that. I'm just yeah, turning yeah. up when, you know, to stick the knife in. It's got to be... So again, after Leeds... You want us to get you a board or something with 10 on it. <laughs> yeah, but, <depending laughs> on, well, if they win a game 9-0 again, maybe. Um, yeah. But like I said, I think it's important for our relationship to, to show that I'm there and willing to be there and ask questions in the good times, not just the bad. It's no different to when the, the club roll out James Madison is at each time Leicester lose because he's really good at doing the, the, the dynamite, nice isn't he? Yeah, he is. Uh, George, what's your question, mate? Thanks for coming on, Jace. Um, I think last time I saw you was back in Eindhoven, so good to see you again. Um, <laughs> what a trip. What a trip. What a yeah, trip. both of you, I think, were slightly hungover. Yeah, yeah, no. we were a bit worse for wear that morning. I think that's all we can... <laughs> can say <laughs> obviously um you know we're all big leicester fans and you alluded to working at, at radio leicester obviously jake um with his various media commitments as well and i've previously worked in the media but i wouldn't from your point of view whether you find it easier or harder being a, a fan and working in that role because i mean i i've 
found it really difficult just to switch off being a fan and I just I really struggled to do it and I was happy not to do it to be honest because I'm a I'm a proud Leicester fan so do you find it like like you said then when you go into press conferences and it seems like we've we've lost it seems like you might have an agenda or you know you've you obviously got a good relationship with the club right you've been at Radio Leicester and now at Talksport but do you just think it's it's easier or harder being a fan well just to set the record straight as well n- nobody from the club has ever spoken to me certainly in the last few years about anything i've said or commented upon any questions of us so um you know going back to the joking about being banned that's it's never been really the case so um but yeah it, it's been it's often difficult at times covering as a fan um, certainly at Radio Leicester um, and the BBC, you have to be, again, in inverted commas, impartial. But, you know, you all knew that I was a Leicester fan. You all knew that Ian, Owen, Jack, Matt Piper, Matt Elliott, that we all want the best for the football club and hope it succeeds. But you've got to be objective at times. And, and that sometimes some fans may not like what you say or the questions you ask them. You know, I've been described as negative at times but I don't believe I'm ever negative I'm just in my opinion realistic about the situation whether that's struggling in the Premier League under Nigel Pearson whether that's the current situation whether that's you know the Paolo Sosa days it's it's I think you are allowed an opinion on the matter um, and how things occur but it's you've got to You've got to be objective about it, certainly when you're working in that local media. You know, since I've gone to TalkSport, I've not hidden away from anything about me being a Leicester fan. You know, they describe it if I'm ever on air. I've written for the website, and obviously I'm going to do a few press conferences here and there as well. And people know that I am. It's, you know, I don't hide that fact. Um, Is it difficult sometimes? Yes, it is. Of course it is. But it also brings a lot of joy that you're able to be in such a privileged position you know, FA Cup last year, not many of you were able to go, certainly to the semi-final, a few more to the final. I was, I was at both. And you know, pitch side afterwards, seeing the celebrations up close. So, you know, that is such a privileged position to be in, to be able to do that kind of thing. And, you know, I will never, never underestimate and never be over the top about what I'm able to do. You know, I'm going to World Cup in a couple of weeks and, you know, it's the stuff you dream about as a boy, you know, being able to be involved, if not playing, I was never good enough to play, but going to these types of things, you know, Jordan, you've been to, I'm sure, big tournaments watching England, obviously seen Leicester all over Europe as well. So, you know what that's like in that respect. But, you know, obviously going back to the other bits, seeing Leicester win the Premier League, you know, it's so, so close. I think it was all 38 games that season. Um, winning the championship a couple of seasons before the great escape. It's, it's, I'm a, I've been a lucky boy and it's, it's something I'll never, ever forget and never take for granted. All right. Brilliant. Right. Um, Jace, let's talk, shall we? Um, the weekend just gone. So a one nil defeat for Leicester against the current champions, Manchester city. Now look, um, not many of us would have been going in with, with too much hope of, of picking up anything from it. I was relatively confident. I did predict on last week's podcast before anybody uh, chips in. Um, I did predict the, a, a narrow win for us. I, just been, I thought you know, it was a loss, Jake. No, I predicted a one nil win. Did you predict a win? Okay, I, 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 even, I even put money on it as well. <laughs> okay. I was offered quite a decent cash out as well at half time, which I then didn't take. But anyway, swiftly moving on, you two predicted uh, a defeat and that was the case. But um, 
I thought a really encouraging performance. I've seen lots of people and, and various people be relatively or somewhat critical on social media, saying that, that Leicester were, were maybe too negative and, and should have let off the shackles a little bit earlier on. You know, I know they brought on Dakar and Ian, actually, didn't they, for the last 15 minutes. But for me, I was really enthused by the performance. I thought as a defensive unit, as, as a team, we looked really solid. We restricted them to, you know, not many clear-cut chances. And the goal that they did score is is an absolute world-class strike from a free kick from, from Kevin De Bruyne, which ultimately you can't really do a huge amount about. I mean, you can argue, obviously, don't give the free kick away, but, you know, you will give free kicks away over the course of, of 90 minutes. So, um, yes, it's zero points. But I was relatively happy, um, Jordan. Uh, what did you make of it? Exactly the same as you, Jake, to be honest. Um I mean, I saw a lot of people or a few people were criticising the um, kind of lack of ambition, but I don't really understand what they expect. You're playing certainly the best side in this country, if not the Europe. Um, and I thought Brendan got it spot on. Unfortunate, on another day, I think we might have nicked a point. I mean, if <laughs> he said about T- um, De Bruyne's free kick being unstoppable, I mean, how Edison has saved that volley from Yuri is just remarkable i mean half a yard either side and it's 1-1 and i'd probably have stopped going to watch leicester after that because <laughs> i don't think i've ever <laughs> seen a leicester player capable of doing that he's hit it too well if anything um especially after his goal at wolves the week before so yeah i thought um you know get to the last 15 minutes stay in the game i thought his changes were positive um and we've created a few half chances on another day a bit more composure we might have tested the keeper so um I think there's a lot of positives to take from playing one of the best sides around and we competed throughout the game. And, and it was great to see Suyuncu back after we all said that we'd never see him play for Leicester ever again. <laughs> and then he's, he's in the starting lineup, but you know, he's been out for quite a while and he looked confident and assured alongside Fez and Amati. I was kind of joking. If you just said to, to us at the start of the season, that had been our back three against Man City in October, I'd have been having kittens, but, I thought they did well um, and a lot of positives. And I know, unfortunately, we're back in the bottom three. We didn't pick up any points, but um, th- there's certainly signs for me. that I think we've, we're turning a bit of a corner and moving in the right mm. direction now. Yeah, no, I thought once again, Danny Ward looked really safe, um, particularly with the crosses, um, which was we were critical at times of, of Casper for perhaps not being um, particularly strong at doing that. We looked, I think, I can't remember what the stats were, but we, we faced a huge amount of corners, I think maybe a season high. And at no point did we look like conceding them. So clearly the set piece coaches is working. I know I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. And uh, and as Jordan mentioned, Jack, uh, Cag's coming back into the lineup. You know, he, he's barely kicked a ball all season. You know, to throw him in against Man City is a bit of a baptism of fire as such. Um, if that's the correct phrase, I know he's a very experienced footballer, but, you know, he's not had much minutes and he looked good, you know, and, and I'd like to see him now, you know, retain some kind of place in the squad, if not the the starting 11. But I mean, are you share the same kind of optimism as me and George? Yeah, I think so. I think it feels like we've turned a corner. I mean, two very interesting games to come because I think that gives us either momentum or... Uh, a loss of hope going into the World Cup, depending on how that goes. But it, it felt, I kind of, th- I, I was thinking, as you say, people criticising it. I almost don't know what they want because we were going for it in terms of games. We were getting beaten 6-2 by Spurs and we looked completely hopeless at the back. I, I thought it was really obvious what the team were trying to do. Um, 
I think Rogers' his work on the training ground, he'd obviously drilled them really well. There was a very clear game plan in terms of how we were playing. And I think, we, you know, it was, it was small details in the game that ultimately lost it. I mean, De Bruyne's free kick was just outrageously good. Sometimes you just have to say, well done. I mean, it's gone in off. It's hit quite a lot of the post to go in. It's not just sort of clipped the post. It's because he's hit it with such pace. It's about yeah, hit no half one's the post. That, are they? No. So I mean, no one's getting anywhere near it. Um, so so yeah, and I, I thought there were again. I, I thought Fez was outstanding. Um, I thought he he was instrumental in kind of getting his going. There was one bit in the first half where he stepped out of defence, brought the ball forward, and really set things up. I thought Cags did okay. Um, a little bit ponderous with his passing, but he played a lovely ball to Justin, I think, in the first half. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought, you know, there's some some really encouraging signs there. The the bit I actually really liked was Ian Acho coming on and playing right wing. I mean, he looked really on it. Um, he's never really played him out there, but I, I definitely thought there were signs that he could do some damage out there in a good way because he can mm. do damage in a bad way. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, he came on, he was inventive and, and, and things like that. So it definitely feels like we've turned the corner. What I'm saying in a week's time, I've got no idea. I'm, I'm a bit nervous about the weekend, if I'm honest. But the, like you, I thought there were some really encouraging, encouraging signs. We look so much safer on corners. Like, I'm, I'm mm. not concerned anymore. Um, to the yeah. point where I actually message people at half time, be like, "We look much better on corners now." I wouldn't have done that till like the ninety eighth <laughs> yes. minute previously. You wouldn't, dread, yeah, you wouldn't dare risk it. Yeah, I mean, look to to play devil's advocate, Jason. You know, in terms of why there may have been some criticism. You know, there was no Erling Haaland. You know, uh, Brendan Rodgers joked uh, before the game. I know we we spoke about the fact that he said he, he wished he was playing. Um, they did almost clarify a little bit because he was pulled up on that before the game and said actually he had holes in his knees because he'd been uh, doing a knee slide celebration when he found out that Haaland wasn't in the team. I mean, there's going to be few better opportunities, are there, uh, to beat Man City when you are at home. I suppose that is maybe, you know, if, I, if I'm finding some reason why fans you know, felt perhaps we should have gone for it a, a little bit more because he wasn't involved in that game. So Man City are a one-man team, are they? If Haaland's not in it, they're beatable. Um, I know what you're just, saying. Just but saying, it, yeah. It, no, I know what you're saying, but it's... <laughs> It's it's a strange mentality to have if that's how some people are really feeling about the situation because they're a damn good side with him and they're a damn good side also without him as well as they two showed. months we- ago that would have been six or seven wouldn't it let's be real yes yes uh, well Boxing Day last year it was six wasn't it so um, I don't know we had a few injuries on that particular day but no I, I I think it was the right way to go about it don't get me wrong it's not exactly what I want to be seeing. Um, every week. I don't want to be seeing that against Everton or West Ham in the next uh, weekend or two. But against Manchester City, I think it was the right way to go about it. And it almost, almost came off, didn't it, as well? So, um, I mean, Soyan Chu coming back into matters, it was a little bit surprising to hear about that. But um, no, he did all right as well. Fass has been a very good signing so far. I'm sure he'll be off to Chelsea for 60 million next summer, at least be linked there. Um, maybe even in January as well. Can he move in January? Can he play for three clubs? No. In one season? No, he can't. So there we go. We're saved. That's quite um, <laughs> but No, I, I think the mentality to go into the game was right. All noise came off. I'd love to see a bit more of Ian Acho because obviously when they played um, yeah, and Ian Acho, it worked all right, especially first half. Um, I know the second half was a disaster, but that was a defensive point of view. But 
yeah, I, I think it's, I think a corner has been turned. I think um, things are looking differently, more positive. But like I said at the start of the show, start of the podcast, that's all well and good, but things have got to continue. I said before the Wolves game, and you know, it, it's language I put on Twitter, Twitter sometimes, and maybe the context isn't sometimes always right. I said it's a must-win. I think these next games are must-wins, and I don't mean that in absolute context of you know, obviously to stay up, but yeah, time is kicking on. We we we're, we're going to run out of games at some point, so let's just move away, get these wins, and move away from the threat at the moment as, as we're in and go into World Cup with two wins on the bounce. Three, if you inca- if you count Newport as well in the League Cup, but you know that's that's a different competition, of course. But I'm I'm a lot more positive. And I'm usually very angry after a defeat. <laughs> very angry. I think Oh, I know, to, Jason. <laughs> you've all been to a game with me or at least watched the game with me. And, you know, it, it's... Nothing quite it like hurts. it. But for, no, it for anybody who hasn't experienced it, there's nothing quite lo- like watching the game of Leicester with Jason. But, but actually, after this weekend, I text Jack, I, I text my dad, I said, yeah, I'm all right. I'm okay. I'm, yeah. you know, this is all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've all had to apologise, I think, on Jason's behalf a few times while watching Leicester before when he's getting very, very angry. Um, look, we we are going to do... Uh, Jack's got some some stories, or one particular story he wants to talk about um, shortly. And, of course, we will look ahead to Everton. You talk about maybe what a couple of real positive wins before the World Cup. A couple of wins against... West Ham and Everton would, would put us bang up there in, in mid-table. But as Jason rightly points out, uh, don't win either of them. And we're going to go into that World Cup break, probably in, in the bottom three, which is uh, yeah certainly something we, we want to avoid. But let's have a little bit of fun, shall we, before we, we get on to okay, that stuff. Before and... we do that, yes, can I do, fine, can I, can I do a shout-out to James Madison? Because yes, uh, there's a story that people might have missed. So what people saw was James Madison walking up off the pitch, being chased by Pep who really wanted to speak to him. Um, and I thought Madison handled that quite well, actually, because he he made it very clear that he wasn't entirely comfortable with the conversation. And he sort of was like one step or two step behind. What people might not have seen um, before the game. So obviously it was the Rainbow Laces fixture. Madison spent ages saying hello to everyone in the Fox's Pride group, which not every footballer does. And he spends loads and loads of time doing that. And I know he's brilliant in the media and gets loads of pros for that, but... I thought that was a very nice touch from him. Uh, and I thought it was a nice contrast to people he wanted to speak to versus people he doesn't want to speak to. Mm. And we definitely don't want him speaking to Pep. So, uh, so yeah, a nice touch from him. So are you exclusively revealing that, that James Madison is not interested in joining Man City? Is that what you're saying, Jack? No, I think he's definitely interested in joining yeah. Man City. <laughs> but I, I think James Madison is very savvy <laughs> and knows how to handle it and did it yes. in a very, very good way. I mean... He's a creep, isn't he, Pat? But he knows exactly <laughs> what he's doing. Yeah, back off. Um, I was going to say talking of creeps, but I thought it'd be really harsh, George. Um, <laughs> should we play Who Are You? <laughs> Who is your daddy and what does he do? Who are you? You. No, not me, you. Yes, I am you. Just answer the damn questions. Who are you? Wait a minute. Who are you? It would have been a nice segue. I think that would have been arguably quite oh, fair. Yeah. In my head, I thought funny, and then I thought it's going to be really harsh. So I just thought I'd say it but laugh it off. So I thought that was a nice balance. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to. You're let not a creep, slide. mate. I'm going to let it slide. <laughs> So we're going to play Who Are You? So is what we do every week um, where we guess a 
a former Fox or, or current Foxes player um, with clues that we've taken off Wikipedia or frankly, wherever you want to get them from. Um, it's really straightforward. You don't have to take it in turn to just shout out as soon as you know the answer. We've had some crackers already. And uh, yeah, Jordan's in charge this week. Jay, yeah, so you played is. this with us before, right? Because on the train back from Brighton, the first yeah. time we played this game where me and you didn't get any of them. It was, about uh, two it was, hours. Good, it was good fun. It was good fun. So I'm, um, I'm warmed up now. That was over a year ago, but I'm warmed up. Well, so, I'm, George, I'm... Uh, head, heads up, mate. Um, how difficult is this on a scale of one to ten? Because we've had some really difficult ones, which you'd imagine would have taken us a long time. But um, quite strangely, we, we had Jack get one on, on the very first clue a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, Jack teased that he had a ridiculously stupidly hard one last week, and I got that after a couple. So, so what, what do you make of your choice this week? I think it's a good choice. I must admit, Jake, when you sent me a message an hour before we were due yeah. to kick off saying I was quiz master, I'd just left the gym You've and I hadn't, I hadn't done it yet. <laughs> um, but I, I had an idea in my mind, and I've I've, I've gone with it. And I, I think it's, mm. I'd say, reasonably difficult. I feel like um, I need some kind of theme. By the way, do you always this, have this? Way. Do you always have this massive build-up to this? Because yes, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. we, we tend to get it after one or two guesses, and then we then have to allow the person who's in charge of the quiz to then roll off the rest of their clues because they've clearly dedicated you know quite a lot of time to just for anticipation. But I was saying we actually we could build up even more with a bit of music, which you know may come in future episodes. But, but now, clearly, uh, George, George, Jason's getting bored. So should we? Yeah. Should we play? <laughs> we <laughs> No, yeah. say, now now yeah. Jason's playing. There's a new column in the in the table. Guests, so yes, big, okay. big could yeah. be a big performance from Jason. Oh, did Danny guess. Simpson play this last week? For, no. for some reason, Danny didn't want to stay around yeah. for this. He had a no. salmon arrive, so he had to leave. Yeah. He had a True what? Story. Salmon arrived. Salmon? Thought, like, he yeah. said he'd ordered yeah. salmon. So what a whole yeah. one? Well, we didn't, didn't ask. Didn't ask. <laughs> was non-specific about his salmon. Yes. <laughs> Come on, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Right. First, Save first it. clue. First clue. <laughs> I was born in Hammersmith in 1976. Matt Elliott. Incorrect. No, damn it. Too obvious. Car- really. Carry on. I've, I've got a name in my head, but carry on. I finished my career at Dorking Wanderers in 2010. Frank Sinclair. Incorrect. Barry Holmes. No, he's still playing. Wayne Brown. (laughs) Incorrect. Damn it. Third clue. I made six appearances for Leicester in 2003-04. Right. John Curtis. Good guess, but no. They were his only Leicester appearances, right? That was the Premier League, wasn't it? Jason Jarrett. (laughs) No, but that's a good guess. Okay. Right, I think now that you might start, you might start getting it. I spent two months on loan at Reading, with whom I signed a two-year contract on a free in July two thousand. Martin Keown. Oh, no. no. So, so I can you say that clue again? <laughs> I spent two months on loan at Reading, with whom I signed a two-year contract on a free transfer in July two thousand and four. So left Leicester for Reading, but initially went on loan. Two-year deal. I'm enjoying this. Yes, this is a good one, Jordan. Chris Macon was a perm. This is a good one. A what, sorry? It it wasn't Chris Macon. (laughs) Um, 
Dorking. Is it I Kelvin the two hood? <laughs> no, it wouldn't have been. That's too late. No, it's not Kelvin. Nineteen seventy-six. Uh, no, uh, no, that was that was so sick. He was I dreadful. Have got, I have got two more clues. Go on. And then, and then you have to start spelling his name out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, career honours included winning promotion from the third division in ninety-six, ninety-seven with Fulham, and I won the second division. In Rufus Brevet. No, that no. Was good guess. These are all good guesses. And I won the second division in 0203 with Brighton. Paul Brooker. Correct. Oh, oh, well oh. <laughs> oh we needed that. Very good. Very, very good. good. Oh. I wouldn't have got that. He was a short either. man, if I remember. I think he, was, he was a very short guy. Winger, wasn't yeah. he? Left winger. Yeah. I always thought Harry he was wasn't Scottish. on loan. I, was he, he wasn't on loan with us. We signed him, didn't we? Yeah, but then no, he went on we, loan. Yeah, he went on loan. Oh, he went on loan. Ah, right. Well, that that would have been helpful to know. So, summer of Mickey Adams's twenty-seven thousand signings, wasn't it? He was. Yeah, promotion after when he got a little bit of money to spend. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's about fifty k he spent on Paul Brooker, if I I remember (laughs) correctly. That's that. Those were the heady days. And uh, the last one, Jake. If if you had, you'd obviously already got it. But I signed from Brighton after thirteen goals in one hundred and eighteen appearances. Yeah. Um, that's a good one though that I liked that a lot yeah that was that was very niche very oh, niche yeah. did Rufus Brevet even play for us yeah, yes. I think a couple of times yeah, yeah. but okay. it was slightly later I think it was the, the uh, Rob Kelly wonder years I think <laughs> yes <laughs> if we dubbed them such with right. the Jason Jarrett's of this of this world and I think you throw in and Kelvin so, um winner stays on which means I guess again next week Jack you're back to being quiz master yeah, my favourite position. It's going to be very, yeah. very hard. Right. So um, something you do like doing is your your story of the week, what you've been reading up on the internet. And uh, you've got another one for us today, haven't you? What, what, have, you, what have you seen? What would you like to talk about? So, so there's a couple this week. There was one I didn't use last week, and I kind of linked. Um, so it's more national press stuff this week. So, uh, so Luke Edwards of The Telegraph wrote last week that Newcastle are part of the Big Seven because they've got loads of money and they've won a few games, um, <laughs> which is slightly triggering because uh, it's not as if we finished fifth, won a trophy, won the Premier League over the last five years and still aren't considered part of the Big Six. Um, but I didn't really know who he was. And, uh, and he apparently has been described by Jonathan Liu as the stupidest man on the internet. <laughs> um, who, speaking of which, uh, Jonathan Lou wrote a really, really strange article today about commentators and how many of them aren't uh, very good. But he seemed to sort of, I often think with Jonathan Lou, he, he writes an article with sort of an end in mind and then sort of makes the words fit around it because he was, seemed to be going after like white middle-aged men and then referenced one guy who's not white um, and also two people that are quite young in the article as terrible commentators. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, um, uh, it, I, I thought, you know, both complete nonsense, non-Leicester mm. City related. Um, but yeah, uh, if only people knew what Jonathan Liu got up to at weekends, uh, maybe they wouldn't read his article so closely. <laughs> there, there is that a reason mean... why I'm saying that as well before yes. I get done for libel. But um, a funny story about Jonathan Liu. <laughs> yes, um, go on. You're yeah, dying to tell this us. Is, this is mainly why I, I, I built it in. Um, so uh, someone I know was having um, a house party one uh, one weekend, uh, and I didn't want to go. Then they rang me and said, no, no, you've got to come. Um, Jake How long ago is this, by the way? 
this is like three years ago. Right. Okay. So it's a relatively yeah. recent then. Yeah. So it's like three years ago. Uh, are you aware of the DJ Riton or Riton? Jordan will know this. No. Rings a bell, but. Yeah. Okay. Too many DJs, Soul Wax. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah, I know, well, I know, yeah. different person, but they were playing at this house party, so I was like, "Oh wow, like, I'll go to that." So me and a few mates went, um, and it was obviously quite a big deal because I had like a security guard on the door, um, and lots of people were like trying to get in. Um, but anyway, the house party was going on; it was good fun, whatever. All of a sudden, like, because it was it was like a real pumping house party. Jonathan Liu is in like the middle of this person's <laughs> living room, like absolutely going for it. And I said to them, yeah. I was like, do you know that person? And they were like, no, I've got no idea who he is. <laughs> so they got the security guards, like throw him out and he got thrown <laughs> out. But then 20 minutes later, he was like back in. Um, so he often at weekends, apparently, uh, likes frequenting other people's house parties that he's not invited to. And, um, if he is, uh, asked to leave, he, uh, he doesn't leave. So, um, so yeah. Do you have any uh, idea who he, who he did know and how he did manage? To no, I, I genuinely have no idea. It, it was, it was like a, it was a big, it was a big do, but like, you know, the, the people, I, I won't know their names for having house parties in London, but, uh, they, yeah. um, they didn't know him and none of their mates knew who he was. So I, I don't know. He looked like he was having a lovely time though, to be fair to him. Uh, so, so yeah, and it was a very good house party. So I can understand why yes. he was trying to break in. Um, but yeah, uh, there you go. Right. That is my strange story of the weekend. As, well, thank uh, you. Sort of the week. Uh, has, has anyone else got a Jonathan Lou story to share? Nathan Jordan? No, no not really. that one. No. Um, a couple of things I want to pick up, Jack, from, from what you just said, actually, from those those articles. First of all, Luke Edwards with Telegraph and the, the Big Six. I mean, we all recognise, or I think we, we should recognise anyway, that the Big Six is, is a financial thing, isn't it? Um, as opposed to a success thing. Um, it's, it's a stat I always roll out that, you know, since the Premier League's inception, um, 94% of all the domestic trophies have been won um, by the top five. Of course, you know, that's the big five, excluding Tottenham. 4% of those domestic trophies have been won by Leicester. And, and the other two are shared between, other 2% are shared between Spurs, Wigan and, and, and Blackburn. So, you know, if you, if you look at it like that, Spurs are a million miles away from being a, a big six um, football club. And um, what was the other one you were saying um, about the commentators? Uh, yes, yeah, right. So do middle, you remember, mid, oh, Middle-aged men commentating on football. Yeah. So look, I mean, commentary is subjective, isn't it? You know, we all have commentators that perhaps we're not a huge fan of, right? That doesn't mean they're crap at their jobs. It just means it just doesn't so happen to be to your taste, like lots of other things in life. You shouldn't really get angry about it. However, I'm going to contradict myself somewhat. And um, last week, was it when we played Leeds, was the, the Amazon Prime midweek games. Yeah, I um, saw you tweet about this at the time. Yes. No, but so... <laughs> So I, no, because this was completely accidental. So I'm I'm watching Amazon because yeah, it was the midweek game, wasn't it? So obviously I can't can't make the midweek ones because because of work. And I stick it on and, and I'm, I'm watching it, and the 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 TV studio hands over to the commentary team, and it's so and so. I can't remember who they were, and it just goes dead. And I'm thinking, well, I've got no commentary. It's maybe the, I just presume there's a technical fault because the presenting was working, the sound was working, then suddenly I've got nothing coming through. So I tweet it. I said, is, is everybody else got no commentary here for, for the game? And this is completely innocent. Um, and then a couple of people obviously replied to say, look, you've, you've probably got the, the settings off, which I didn't realise was a thing. But it turns out what I must have done is, is last time that Robbie Savage was probably on a co-commentary for the Leicester game on Amazon, 
I turned off the commentary and then just completely forgot to to re-put it back on. Um because I'm clearly that big of a fan of of Robbie and his and his co-coms. But um yeah. <laughs> that was purely accidental. But yeah, it, it is possible, Jack. Yeah, yeah. Um Robbie, uh, when I was on Twitter, blocked me. Uh, was very rude about me being a politics student at the time and then blocked me, which uh, was disappointing oh. that he didn't want to discuss why he wasn't part of Leicester's greatest ever midfield. But there we go. <laughs> yeah. um, either George, Jace, got anything to add to Jack's stories or should we move on to Everton? I, I was just going to say, sorry, Jace, mm. I saw you unmuted there, but um, I know this is a Leicester City podcast, but New- Newcastle are really grinding my gears. Um I had a discussion in the pub with my mates the other day um, and they were claiming that Ooh. Callum Wilson Callum Wilson would walk into the Leicester side, essentially. And I said I wouldn't take him because I, I wouldn't take him over Vardy, Dakar and Ian Acho. And yeah, you know, they, their argument was, well, yeah, he's got a good goal scoring record. Um, I've got it up because I'm, I'm that wound up about it still. 26 <laughs> and 53 for Newcastle, 61 in 171 for Bournemouth. My point is, you know, we can all score goals for Bournemouth in the lower half of the league, but when you compare it with Vardy, and they're all, and they're all in the Vardy's finish club, uh, and, you know, I checked, Wilson got six this season, Dak has got three. Do you know what I mean? And Wilson mm. scored two at the weekend. So, Newcastle being in the big six or seven is nonsense. And Isn't Callum Wilson from Coventry as well? He is, and it, I'm not saying play. he's not yeah, a good player. No. He'll probably it's go. A no, to it's a no play. from me if he's from Coventry. But, no. but, but does he enhance? You know, he'd probably be on the bench. Do you know what I mean? Well, I, I think he's a good team. player, isn't he? Yeah, he's a good player. But I mean, they've won a few games at the start of the season. So what? Mm. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I'd agree. I'd agree. I mean, Jake, we work for a radio station that <laughs> um, is a 24-hour round-the-clock. Mainly football chat station that obviously mm. talks things up or down or whichever way um, sees, you know, certain individual presenters see fit. But I think the gushing over Newcastle is a, it's a tad early. They beat Villa at the weekend, do aren't very good. I know they beat Brentford the week before, but, you know, looking at their longer term or longer uh, trend of results and how they've, they've been poor. Um, I've got a couple of decent results this season. They are, you know, Eddie Howe is doing it. I don't want to... I, w- I want to separate what's happening on the field with what's off it, I think. I think that's important. I think Eddie Howe is doing a good job at Newcastle. But come on, it's no... It, we've just got into November. We're talking about Newcastle being this and that, potentially this season. Were Leicester being talked about like that a couple of seasons ago when they were in the top four pretty much all the season? Um, certainly not at this point. I don't remember it happening. Um, is it just because they are a bit more fashionable as a, as a big club? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Do people see them slightly differently or does the money cloud it as well? But perhaps they do. Um, but yeah, I, Newcastle will finish where they deserve to be in the as will all clubs. I mean, it's a bit of a cop out answer, but it's yeah, I think people are a little bit too overhyping Newcastle at the moment. There's a lot of the season to go. I think James makes a good point on Eddie Howe's doing a great job, probably be the next England manager. But I think the difference between them and us at the minute is confidence. And yeah. they they have got everyone kind of pushing in the right direction. I think obviously now we said we've turned a corner a bit, but um, is their squad better than ours? Probably not. Is everyone on the mm-hmm. same page? Definitely. 
um, and maybe we weren't. And Marseille have just scored, which uh, is also very nice. That would be brilliant. I also think like that. I, I a friend, uh, someone I work with, went was a is a Villa fan and went there on on the Saturday. Yeah, and he just said like there is an atmosphere, like the atmosphere. They're all really together there, and I, you know, we talked about that at the Forest game, right? You know, we all united behind our um, hatred of Forest, but the fans still are a bit like there's camps, like there's still people going, oh, like he's won a game, you know, won a game, but you still want him out or whatever. I think. You know, we've we've got to find a way to come together and you know work through this as <laughs> as Leicester fans uh, yes. in our own separate ways. We might not agree on everything, but we need to get behind the team and and back them. Yeah, but to be fair though, it, it's it's a very good point in the sense of it, it really does go to show sometimes. You know, whether it's particularly positive mood around a camp or, or a negative mood around a camp, how much of an impact that actually does have on the players. You know, there's such fine margins between some of the squads in the Premier League, and you know, by and large, if you look at a Newcastle and you, you look at a Leicester, you know, they're probably the the two biggest kind of in terms of disparity at the moment in terms of the league table, but in terms of squad quality. Not anything really too much between them, but, but why is one team doing you know so much better than the other? And you know a large part of it is to is is around the the mood and the feeling around the camp. And you know of course you know winning games uh, helps with that one. And um, you know I think now is probably the, the best time to talk about Everton and, and the game that we've got coming up this weekend because you know we are going into this one. I know it's off the back of a defeat, but. But still relatively confident. I mean, I watched Everton at the weekend against Fulham, and, and frankly, that's ninety minutes of my life. I don't think I'm ever going to get back. It was it was hard going. I shan't lie. Um, I thought Jordan Pickford in, in particular was was particularly good. Um, but Everton just just very inconsistent at the moment under Frank Lampard. I mean, a million miles better, I think, than what they were at the start of, of last season under Rafa Benitez. I think they're making genuine progress and I think they're playing for Frank Lampard. And, you know, for all the criticism at, at times he's had as a manager, I think he's got them moving in, in the right direction as a football club. Um, you know, I'm predicting a, a really tight game this weekend, a, a one that really could go you know, any way. I mean, I haven't looked into it in terms of the stats, but I've, I've got a feeling we've got a fairly decent record at Goodison Park. But, um, yeah, this one's going to be a close game. And uh, I'll be honest, if you offered me a point right now, I'd I'd probably take it. Jordan, is that me being negative or kind of more realistic? I think like Jason said earlier, we probably need four for the next two. So whether you think we've got a better chance of winning at West Ham or Everton, I guess that's fair. But Everton for Maybe, me... I don't know, yeah. Again, like this, this game, well, the next two games, it seems to me when we play... These, these teams away is a bit of a toss of a coin which way it's going to go I, I claim uh, I've claimed for a while now that Everton are the most boring team not only in the league but in the country because they never go up they never go down they never look like winning a trophy and I, I mean I think they beat Palace 3-0 at Goodison the other week but I very <laughs> any time I'm seeing the, the scores come in I rarely remember Everton scoring more than one um, so, so you can thank me now when they beat us four nil on uh, on Saturday evening. But I mean, I think we can go there and win. I think, like you said, Jake, we've got a fairly decent record from recent memory there. Um, I don't, I don't think we'll play the same team as as we did against Man City. But I'd like to see us go there, really take the game to them. And I think if we can, honestly, I think if we score two, we we're going to beat them because yeah, we've only scored eleven all season. 
Um, and you know what the crowd's like at Goodison as soon as they go a goal down. Um, they're just always on their back. Yeah, I think... Uh... I don't. I don't think I agree with you. Actually, I, I. I don't think I'd take a point. I think we've got to be trying to win this game. Um, mm. I can understand why you're saying that, though, with the away form as it is. But we, West Ham's a really tough game. I think Jake said last week they won five on the bounce at home. Um, we've got to go. Like we've got to go for it. I think we've got to turn the away form around. It's been nowhere near good enough. Um, so yeah, I. I. In many ways, I feel confident about the game, but then I'm like, it's Leicester away. Like, <laughs> I shouldn't feel confident about the game. But I, I think, I think we've, you know, we've got a, we've got to turn the corner eventually. And you know, I think, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm hopeful we can, we can get three points. You always take a point away from home, but yeah, I think, I think we've, that's what we've got to be aiming for. You know, we talk about four points. I think this is an easier game than what's to come next weekend. So, um, mm. so yeah, we'll. We'll, uh, as time will tell, as always is. But, um, but yeah, I think that's what we've what what we've got to be aiming for. Yeah, I mean, you, I just, you look at that Everton team. Sorry, you, you've got Tarkovsky, Cody, and Pickford, which is a really kind of decent making of, of a good partnership there, and they have massively shored things up. But as Jordan points out, you know, scoring goals hasn't been easy. They were desperate for a striker in the summer. Felt like Neil Mope was kind of you know just someone to. To, to fill a gap for a while until Calvert-Lewin can get back fit and scoring goals and and maybe they go spend a little bit of money maybe maybe next summer. But, you know, there does, Jason, have that little bit of a feeling like it's not hugely dissimilar to, to the Wolves game that, you know, if Leicester score two goals, they're more than likely to, to win the game of football. And I suppose, you know, when you come in to this weekend's game off the back of that performance at Wolves, that, that will give the players a huge amount of confidence, won't it? Yeah, I think it was a bit of a, a monkey off the bat, wasn't it? I mean, we talk about um, results at Goodison Palm. I've actually just got up the uh, the results. Is it not as good as I thought? No, it's not as good as you thought, actually. Um, I mean, the last one, two, three, four, five games in all competitions, um, we've not won any of them. Um, that's going back the last five games. The last win we had there was in the League Cup in 2019. But the last win there in the Premier League New was... Year's Day. New Year's Day, I remember I was um, there. going yeah. to a pub in when I was living in England. Vardy's backflip. Nobody in nobody in the pub. It was the dullest game I've ever seen. It was horrible. Um, yeah, I, I think the crowd was as quiet as a mouse as well. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I've said it already, but I think you need to go into these games with um, the will to win. Of course, they want to win every game. Well, maybe not against Manchester City, but uh, certainly they wanted to get something out of that one. But I go back to what I said. Um, they need to win these games or at least get four points from these next two games and go into the World Cup with a bit of momentum because then you come back Boxing Day against, um, I guess, our nemesis, now Newcastle at home. You know, they could <laughs> they could go into the international break with, um, obviously, a couple of wins into their belt as well. So, in terms of Everton, um, like I said, they've been up and down, haven't they, this season? But... I think the defence is starting to impress me. Pickford obviously wants to go into the World Cup with a bit of form. I think Tarkovsky said on TalkSport this week that he's not ruling out getting into the World Cup squad. I don't know how realistic that necessarily will be, but this is at the back of some of these players' minds that it is make or break time, certainly for the England players to get into the World Cup squad. And maybe somebody like James Madison is also thinking the same as well. Although 
<laughs> he could probably hmm. score a hat trick in the next two or three games, and maybe in each of the next two or three games, and still not get in. Maybe even score two hat tricks every game. But um, I think we've got to go into it with that will to win once again. The Wolves game was fantastic in terms of the clinicism, so it were, um, and the way that we attacked that game and, and got at Wolves. I know we didn't have too many chances, but if we can go into that game with that kind of performances again going forward. I see no reason why we can't get another three points this weekend. And mm. I think we, I, I, I don't want to labor it, we have to do, but I, I think we do. I think we do. Yeah. No, it'd be brilliant. It really would be kind of goes without saying. So I suppose then the, the really kind of big conversation, the last one we need to have is about um, team selection, because, you know, for Man City, um, it was a big change. He went to the the three centre halves and, and Cabs, Cags coming in from, from the cold. Um, as we've seen with a number of games, Vardy and, and Dak have then kind of basically rotated game in, game out. We had Papi Mendy come in at, at half time for, for Dewsbury Hall. Johnny Evans, we believe, should be fit to come back in. Um, Jason, is that correct? We expect him to be back in the squad or available? Should he come back in? Yeah. Um, and then Ndidi as well. So, well, well, this is the thing, isn't it? So there's, there's lots of things to, to discuss here. I mean, do we go back to a, a 4-3-3? I mean, personally, I, th- I think I would do. Um, and also I, I feel that I would go with Vardy again. Um, now I know I'm kind of maybe appearing to continually do Dakar a, a disservice, but against kind of a wily pair of Tarkovsky and, and Cody, I think that maybe Vardy is the right man to go up against those two. You know, my mind kind of casts back to a couple of seasons ago at the King Power when we beat Wolves 1-0 and uh, Vard gave kind of Cody an absolute uh, nightmare, didn't he? Um so, yeah, I think I'd go back to a, a 4-3-3. Um, my defensive duo of, of Evans and, and Valfess, you know, but of course I'd like to see Cags back in on, on the bench. And once again, thanks to, to Big Dan for, for filling in and doing a solid job for us. And the, the, the one sticking point really, I think, for me, because I think the rest probably picks itself, is indeed or or Buba Sumare. And I'll be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to sit on the fence because I'm, I don't think I'd be massively upset either way with, with, with either, which potentially starts that game. And says I think the, the rest picks itself with Castagna, um, Pereira, Jewsbury Hall, Tielemans, Madison and, and, and Barnes around Vardy. Um, George, what, what would you make of that? Uh, much different? Would you go back to the 4-3-3 for this weekend? I would. I just didn't realise Pereira could walk yet, Jake. What what a comeback! Sorry, uh, Justin. Exclusive. <laughs> Did I say Ricardo Pereira? James yeah. Justin is is of course who I meant. <laughs> um, I, I mean, he Ricardo. is back on the training pitch, by the way. Yeah, but yeah, yeah probably not I fit for Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, exactly. I think like we we've all said we need to take the game to Everton. Um, I mean, we're only three points behind them, and I think if we do win, we could be up to twelfth if results go our way. I think so. You know, as you kind of alluded to, Jake, a lot of the teams in the league, I think, are fairly similar. But um, the centre-back pairing is a tricky one. Um, I'd be tempted to go Amarty and Fez, just on the basis they've kept, I think they kept three clean sheets when those two were at the back, which, you know, you could potentially have Evans fit and Cags available. You know, is Cags back available or is it, as you were before Man City? I'm not sure. And then I think, like you say, with Samari or Wilf at the minute, I'd probably be tempted to lean towards Samari on the basis he's played more football. He's probably going to be a little bit. Um, Do you play fresher. Wilf against Newport starting in that game? 
yeah, that might be a good way around it. Um, same with Evans, possibly, which is kind of strange to, to, to think that you'd play two of your senior players um, in that game instead. And then, yeah, I guess the, the question is Dakar or Vardy. I'm going to gonna side with Vardy again, like you, Jake. Um, just talismanic again. Mm. Um, I can just see him already wheeling away in front of the Gladys Street and just winding them up. Um, but I mean, Dak has been fantastic. Uh, I just, yeah, he has. I, I really want Vardy. I, I said once he'd get one, I still think he'd get double figures, but um, it's difficult when he's, he's playing an hour or the next week he's coming off the bench and playing half an hour. And from memory, he's not really had, other than Chelsea away, I can't remember him having that many chances. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think Jack said he that had he had a couple of Chelsea, assists. didn't he? But yeah, you, you're probably right. Um, so I'd probably I'd probably go with that. I think. All right, Jack. What do you make of it? Uh, I disagree with a lot of it. Actually, um, I've been Ooh, thinking about this quite like hard. Uh, I was actually thinking we should play Alex Smithies in goal. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, I think Wardy. <laughs> Uh, Wardy's been really good. Uh, Evans comes back in for me. I reckon if I was Johnny Evans last week with the prospect of facing Erling Haaland, I might ask for an extra week off to to get yeah. myself a little bit fit. <laughs> so uh, I, I can understand why all of a sudden he's sort of needs an extra week to recover. And hopefully he's feeling fresh from that because I don't think, I think he's been playing with an injury for a, for a while. He looks like a man who's been playing with an injury. I mean, he, he just looked old. Uh, and he's younger than me. Uh, so, so yeah, I would bring him back. Um, I would play in Didi. Uh, and I'll tell you why I would play in Didi. So they play with uh, Onana. What's his name? Uh, and uh, Adrissa uh, Gay. Uh, and they are a busy pair. And I think we need someone like Ndidi in to combat that. To be honest, one of my initial things was playing it maybe in Didi and Sumari for like that extra physicality, but actually I wouldn't do that. I would play in Didi Tielemans. I would not play KDH. I didn't think he was very good on Saturday. He gives the ball away too much for me. Uh, I would play Madison as the 10 and I would play uh, my favourite Dennis Pratt on the right uh, and I would play Pats and Daka up front. Um, so that is what I would do. Wow, I think there's certainly Very a different. Pratt coming back in, um, certainly for an away game of this stature. Yeah, I think you're right about KDH. Um, I'm a fan of his, but I don't think he's necessarily reached the levels um, of last season. Um, and I think he did look off it at the weekend, and I'm not surprised that, that Brenda did take him off. Um, who starts up front, though? I think you go with Vardy. I think you do on this occasion. Um playing for an hour and then, if you need to, bring Dacker and Ian Acho on. But in terms of the back four, that defence, Evans is a better defender than Daniel Amati. But since Daniel Amati's come into the side, Leicester City have conceded far fewer goals. And yes. Collective, they've looked far better defensively. But is that because of Daniel Amati and the team that are playing? Is it because of what they've been doing on the training ground? You know, Brendan Rodgers has been... Work, you know, talking about working hard on that after so many press conferences and in so many press conferences, is the set piece coach getting um, his hand in things and they've raised their game since he's come in and what he what impact he's had. Um, I think you do bring a player in of the stature, Johnny Evans. I think you've got to. He's the club captain. He still is a very good defender, although maybe not necessarily reach the heights again this season as he has done 
in the past, but maybe as Jack says, he's been carrying a bit of a knock and an injury and Brendan's not fancied sawing shoes, not fancied Vestergaard, so limited for options. So, yeah, I, I'd perhaps bring Evans back in. And I think the Indeedy question, I would start him. I'm, I don't think Samaria's, again, I was going to say hit the heights of last season, but that's not difficult. <laughs> what heights? Um, exactly. Um, yeah, I, 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 I still don't know. I still don't think we've seen anywhere near the best of him. And that's being slightly kind to him as well. Um, you know, we spoke to him a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about a new beginning for him, had no intention of leaving in the summer. Um, it, seems, it sounds like a, a lovely guy, but I don't know whether he's proper Premier League quality just yet. Um, and, that, and that's not meant to be, sound really harsh or nasty or horrible, but I'm not seeing it on a regular basis yet. And I mean, when I, when I mean regular basis, I don't mean game to game. I mean, you know, minute to minute also, you know, in games throughout again consistently. Right. Um final thing then is to, to get a few score predictions. I'm going to go straight in. I do think it's going to be tight. Um, we know Everton don't score loads or particularly concede loads. Uh, and I mentioned previously already, I would take a point. And I'll, I'll be honest, I think that's how it will go. I think it will be a, a one or draw at the weekend. Um, we will go then to you, Jordan, and then follow it round. Yeah, I think it's going to be tight as well on the basis that I don't, like, like I said, I don't think they score, uh, score or concede many. That said, Damari Gray will probably score and Dwight McNeil yes. will get, get his customary goal. So there's two for yeah. Evan. I've forgotten about um, Gray. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to go 2 1 Leicester. Yeah. But on the basis like that. <laughs> that Gray and McNeil will score, we'll win 3 2. <laughs> right. Jack. Gray and McNeil. Plays for Evan. <laughs> you mean Dwight? Yeah, so Dwight. Gray and McNeil. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry. They haven't got a player called Gray and McNeil. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh. I thought yeah, I was across all the, the stories. But yeah. Uh, I will win 2 0. I think we'll completely shit house it and uh, we'll all be very happy. <laughs> yeah, we will be. And Jason. Somebody in the in the press room at Wolves are talking about oh, Damari Gray. Uh, fantastic. He's been great for Everton. I don't know why Leicester let him go. And they weren't talking directly to me, but I did pipe up and went, yeah, he Has wasn't he very good. good. He weren't yeah. very good on a consistent basis. He hasn't basis. been that good for Everton either, is he? Really? Mm. It's okay. I mean, they've, they've got a million, a million and a half quid's worth value out of him, but he hasn't been that good, has he? But he will score on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, he will sorry, of course. give Everton the lead in the game, but we will come back. We will fight back and we will win by three goals to one. And I'm not accountable. It doesn't matter what I say because, you know, yes. who's, who's yeah. going to say anything to me if we don't win 3-1? <laughs> oh, damn, you know. We'll get you back on next week. What I was going to say. <laughs> right, and that's it. Um, Jordan, Jack, thank you as always for your time. Uh, Jason, uh, thank you very much for your time this evening coming on the podcast. It's been great to, yeah, to have you, you on. Invite. And uh, enjoy Qatar. You're off to the World Cup, aren't you, after after the West Ham game for, for the whole time. So enjoy it. Uh, hopefully uh, England can, can perform well. And I still won't come back with a tan either. I'll be there for five weeks. (laughs) Promise you, I'll still be very, you know, pale. Because you'll be too busy working, of course. Um, Right, enjoy the game at the weekend. It's Leicester Everton. We'll be back next week uh, to preview the final Premier League game before we do break for that World Cup. So we'll see you then and have a good week. Sports Social Podcast Network.